panties off. No, they were gonna. What was gonna happen was she was just gonna like be. She was gonna sit across from me at the table. She was gonna sneak her panties off. It was just me and her in here, and oh. then she was gonna take them off while I was doing the show to distract me. That was her thing. That she wrote it on a piece of paper. The only way I know it is because it was a piece oh. of paper. I see. So I was a uh, sexy wife. I we're we're on we're on the air right now, everybody. And we, we, so we were. Uh, I was challenged by Lisa Vandenbush on uh, Facebook to do this. Uh, Ice bucket, what is it? ALS ice bucket challenge is what I was, uh, and it's everywhere. It's all over the everything. And generally, my opinion of uh, anything that's done in mass like that is I kind of get turned off of it. I, I never went to a high school pep rally. I was never really part of the, you know, join what everyone else is doing type of thing. I always find myself to be kind of like grossed out by when everyone does too much of it. So I was not looking forward to being nominated to do the ALS challenge, though I do understand is for a good cause, and everybody's going to get their nuts in a knot about that. I'm going to freaking do it. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to get a bucket of water dumped on my head because this is what everyone's doing, right? I'm going to do it, okay? <laughs> so that's how we're going to open the show is I'm going to get a bucket of ice water dumped on my head. But what I was thinking is, you know, this has been such a huge success for ALS, you know, the terrible, from what I understand very little about it, Dave, uh, but uh, <laughs> anyone can join in at any time. But I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy, I understand very little about it, but I understand a baseball in the U.S., a baseball player in the U.S. Uh, gave everyone a bunch of a horrible disease, right? Lou Gehrig? Yeah, it's a Lou Gehrig ice challenge, right? Ice bucket Is this challenge? some sort of a, a venereal thing that Lou Gehrig just went around just like, like spreading his horrible wow. disease to everyone? Pete, let's be honest, he had a really good bat, right? He had a good bat. That's, yeah, I know. that's part of the problem. That's right. Yeah, that's and that's probably how he got all, everyone all sick with that huge bat of his, eh? You got to show that thing off. Well, I'm against it. I'm against uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and all, in fact, I'm I, I do support what's going on. A lot of money's been raised by this viral campaign. It's basically a big chain letter on the social media for people to do this crap. And now I got a couple ideas for it. I got one. I was thinking uh, how we can get money for other charities, and I thought maybe we could do like. Um, Pee on electric fence for rickets? Is that is that good? The pee on electric fence challenge for rickets? Yikes. Or how about um, put your put your finger in your friend's poo challenge for lupus? <laughs> we could do that. That's good. It involves more people because you need a friend. All right. Yeah. Exactly. It's more of a community yeah. effort, right? Uh, that it way. It takes two people. Sponsored by Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's finger looking good. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do this crap. So basically, oh, shoot, Jane, where's your video? I'm ready. Oh, we got to video this. This is the opening of the show. So start videoing right now. We're going to put this online to, as our rebuttal to this challenge. we got to get Mark to get his uh, microphone out. So Yoo-hoo. we're going we're gonna to get this all going. So basically, uh, everybody, you're probably going to lose. Uh, Who's going to dump the bucket? Are you doing it yourself? Dave, if, if you could dump the bucket. You want me to dump it? You dump the bucket. I'm just going to sit in my chair. Uh, Mark's going to handle the, the microphone. We're going to head outside in the front of the Dutch Hall. And uh, wh- what's the matter? Is the video not working? Do we have a secondary video? We should probably have a couple of videographers on this one. Now. Teresa, can you video too? I sure can. All right. So I this, sure can. So this is what we're going to do. We're going out to do the ALS challenge. Uh, as I was challenged, I accept the challenge of my sister, Lisa Vandenbush. It's frozen. It's okay. Teresa's got it. So I'll treat. So you ready, Teresa? So we're on air. We're going to do the ALS challenge here, the ice bucket challenge. We're going out to the Dutch Hall. Mark, Mark, you're on mic, so you got to keep the dead air to a minimum. Water is not going to be very All right, all right. We've heard the ice is uh, brisk. Ready to go. Here we are. I'm going to go down and do this thing. Do it, Pete. Sitting down in the chair. Oh, boy. Wow. Pete looks uh, remarkably calm for what's about to happen. But it's about to happen. I'm going to get as close as I can without getting electrocuted here. Here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? Oh, let, <laughs> let, drip, drip, drip. Oh. Okay. Woo, way All right. to go, Pete. I did the challenge, and now I'm going to uh, that is so cool. I'm going to challenge uh, the Iron Cheek, Pope Francis, and the Rooster Dave Charters. Oh. All right, who's going to hit that theme song? Woo! Theme song. Where is it? We weren't ready with the theme song. Uh. 
How cold was that? That looks so cold. Niplicus or Recticus, huh? Welcome to Live in the Dutch Hall. We got another beautiful uh, show for you today. This is uh, oh, I'm just starting to get my get my wits about me. I don't know how that's going to sound on the, on air, but we'll hopefully get that figured out for you. Um, so, <laughs> what's the matter, Charles? I can't even describe. I can't put into words how satisfying that was. Why did you pour it so slow? <laughs> You're supposed to dump the bucket. It's the, you dump the bucket. You don't just slowly trickle cold water like on. The me. longest that cold the shower I, I ever saw. Even, that was the best thing I've ever <laughs> done. Like, that was like Chinese water torture. I didn't mind the cold. Like you should have given it to me all at once. <laughs> when you watch a lot of them online, you see them like put the ice in right before they dump it. But that ice was in there forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the water was chilly. The water was chilly. I think it started with an icicle falling on oh. Pete's head. It was that cold. That was great. How do you feel? Actually, I feel refreshed. I have to change my clothes, though. I'm getting, all, I'm, I'm getting everything all wet here. <laughs> raisins. I see raisins over there. We're calling this episode California Dreaming because today, live from the Dutch Hall, has some very special guests. They've actually traveled the furthest of any guests uh, to visit live from the Dutch Hall, and they happen to be super fans. It is two of my favorite people in the world, Mark and Sonia Rowan. Thanks for coming into live from the Dutch Hall. Thanks for having us, Pete. Glad to be here, Pete. Oh, I have to be really... See that? The fart and the kiss for both of you. You got got it both in there. We're very happy to have you in here because what... Um, what life in the Dutch Hall is, uh, at least at least when it started out in the very begin early stages, was it was just a. I thought it would be something that I could do that was kind of gonna, uh, you know, uh, scratch an itch that I had as far as expressing myself creatively. And still, I figured if no one else gave a crap about my show, at least. Uh, my old friends that I used to know that lived in Canada and that moved away, the, uh, the expats of, of Canada that moved into the United States to find uh, all the what riches and glory of what the what the big U.S. of A. has to offer. At least they could still like get on their computer once in a while and just hear what it's like to be back in the, in the, the humble old. And it's all riches, Pete. I got to say, like when we uh, when we made our way here in our gold-covered uh, caravan, um, you know, it was quite the entourage. I got to tell you making our way up north uh but we, but we made it and and we're happy to be here yeah well thank you very much for coming in and there's so much to talk about um so we can't wait to get started but also i would love to change my clothes uh charters you should change your shirt buddy it looks really uncomfortable uh, it's we terrible. can see your nippons <laughs> yeah <laughs> i am quite yeah. chilly so, so uh right now i don't know uh we're gonna inter- introduce our other guests here we have um one of our co-hosts for today, our co-host for today is uh, Dave, uh, the Rooster Charter. So let's play his theme song. Yeah. There you go, Davey. That's a rooster. Hey, thanks for coming in, Charters. Always a pleasure to have you here. Happy to be here. And this time, what's really made it special is you brought in your lovely wife, Teresa, and uh, she's been on the Dave Char- the Happy Birthday Charters episode briefly, and she was a big hit. By all accounts of feedback, we got feedback. Everyone loved having Teresa there, and we have her here today. So thank you very much for coming in, Teresa Charters. Thanks, Pete. Happy to be here. <laughs> and Teresa, I still want to get you in for that one sh- for this one show idea I have. But we're working on the details of it. Can I talk? Can I tell the audience yeah, what it is? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What I want to do is I want to have an old a person I used to live I uh, used to work with for a long time in my old work uh, when I was a banker, and I want to have her come in, and I want to have Teresa because she's an HR, um, an HR. Uh, what do you call yourself? An HR manager or HR? No, uh, um, just a specialist. Yeah. Specialist. Mm-hmm. An HR specialist for a major corporation, Teresa Charters. That's what Hyundai, I, right? Hyundai. I think yeah. one of those, like one Something of those. Something like that. Yeah. Korean. Korean. <laughs> yeah. So cheap car companies. Yeah. And I thought that she could uh, she could uh, share stories with an old coworker of mine about people that we knew in my old life, some of which resemble me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, Is that okay? Yeah. What I said. 
And then, uh, and, and we could talk about the things that actually happened, and you could say the appropriate response what yeah, my company well, should have done. I, the thing is, the, I, I was thinking a lot about that after we had talked about it, and I thought, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'm willing to do it, but I think it's going to end up being a really kind of boring episode because I think the answer to most of what's going to happen is very short. Just fire me. Yeah, I'd just fire you. Every, <laughs> every, probably a, every anecdote from what I know of you and from the little that I've heard over Christmas dinner, et cetera, et cetera. No, just the stories that Pete's told me. I'd just be like... I'd fire you. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, if I was, I, you would have been long gone. Have you actually yeah, had you know, the opportunity to say that to somebody, Teresa? Have you're, I? You're, you're fired. I've you're never so fired. No, no, no. I don't. No. I I have done that a lot. Like, yeah. you've had fired had people. to fire people, but not. You don't say. Um, you don't say that. Yeah, you never say that. Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, what I, my point is, is that uh, I don't know if it's the same in your line of work, but if there's an employee that's really proficient at their job, you know, like really yeah. good yeah. at whatever they do, like uh, efficient that way, but they, and they make the company money from an efficiency standpoint or from a productivity standpoint or whatever, but they're just pains in the ass to deal with and they're, and they constantly are telling the managers to go fuck themselves, that sort of thing. That person, uh, would you like, is it worthwhile to get rid of them or do you have to keep them? Well, you know, uh, that's a good point because that does happen a lot, right? That there's somebody who everyone tolerates and, and they're, they're, they're there, you keep them there because they're good workers and, and you tolerate that. But the thing is, is when, I, when anything comes to me, it's in the form of a complaint, all right, all so right. I'm not I'm not the manager who tolerates it. I'm the one who the manager comes to with the complaint right, and right. says. And by the time it's a complaint, then there's always an answer. So that's maybe more of a question for Dave. Then right, what do you do yeah. with a person like that if they're working for you, like a, a guy that's like you know they're great at what they do, but they're just complete. Dave tolerates he to, he tolerates everything, but I'll let him <laughs> I'll let him answer for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Dave is a real treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am a tolerant uh... because you recognize those guys, and that's the thing. I used to, I was just saying before we started the show. I used to beg my boss to fire me. I'd be like, "Please, honestly, I'm not even kidding you. Please fire me. I would love to be free from this prison that you put me into." I always try and find. Uh, obviously, you know, most people have something to offer, so you want to try and leverage that. And I always try and uh, you know find a way that we can work together to bring that out right, right. without pissing everyone else off. I wonder that sometimes like if they would have uh, like handled me differently, if I would have been less disgruntled. I don't know if the answer is, I think I just would have been disgruntled. I think I just would have, I just didn't like the system. I don't think they could have fixed it that like that. I didn't, I was just a, not a good fit for me personally. Sometimes you see that and you look at a person who's really good, but they're just a, kind of a cancer to the rest of the team because they're yeah. So negative. Yeah, they bring so them down. They're always like saying the management's a bunch of idiots or whatever. That was me. Like I did that. But and did yeah. you ever like? It's like uh, a plus minus in hockey. Sorry to interrupt you, Mark. But no, sorry. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many goals you score. Sometimes if 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 you're always getting scored on, then you know right, you right. gotta cut them. But there's got to be like some in completely intolerable acts. Like, did you ever throw a stapler or you know flip <laughs> your desk over? Or, you know what I mean? Where the no. where the office is like whoa a stapler. You know this is out. He he, he threw that stapler. It's you know. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had like an angry stapler throwing incident. And that's a good one though. I might I may have. Just knock your uh knock your pot filter down the top. Just down. Yeah, there you go. Now you're gonna be more so um yeah, I don't know. The most thing I did was basically tell people to go fuck themselves. Like uh <laughs> I I said to my boss one time to uh um like fuck you to him. I said yeah. like fuck you. And uh there was a funny story because I had I was trying to I was trying to uh we had to write these tests on policy, on like bank policy. And, and like I had been doing it for so long. I'm like, I, I fucking know bank policy. I don't need to read anything. You know, I'm just going to, I know how to do my job. I'll write the test. No problem. Right. So I wrote a bunch of these tests. I passed them. I didn't read anything. So I felt, but this one, I kept failing and, uh, I failed it once. And then I wrote it again. I, and I was coming in from a call. I was out to see a customer and my boss who's in there had mentioned a coworker of mine and said, uh, he goes to me, he goes, Pete, you failed that test again. We can get your coworker to write it, to take it for you if you want, right? He said that out loud, as oh. it, which he, 
Which is the company policy? Which the co-workers of Belgian, right? <laughs> and you notice how I feel about Belgians? Uh, uh, this, the, <laughs> sorry, Teresa. <laughs> sorry, Teresa. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But but no. But anyways, he's saying like this. The, this other guy. Stupid, right? Yeah, he was caught. You listen to soccer episode. your father-in-law. Yeah, but no, he, but, I'm sorry. So anyways, I go to uh, I go to um, I. I was right away offended just that he told someone else is gonna, can write it for me. I can write my own goddamn test, you know? And then so I right away just reflex. I didn't even think about it. I just go like, fuck you. And I mentioned his name. I'm not going to mention his name on this. But I said, fuck you. And then I start walking to my office, which is a corner office at the end. And I got to walk past all the young kids that are just starting out that are sitting at their desks. And their mouths are all, like, wide open. And I'm passing each office. And you see them, like, go. And then the one guy's kind of my age, the guy he told me to write my test. He's just pointing at me and laughing as I'm walking by because he knows I'm in big trouble. And then I can hear my boss like clomp, clomp, clomping down the um, hallway to get into my office. And he comes roaring in and slams the door. And uh, he's fuming mad at me, eh? But he's like, how dare you say that stuff in front of, especially in front of like uh, young staff. You, you, uh, you disrespect me in front of them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, I said his name again. I, I, it's hard to tell the story without saying his name. But um, I'm like. Dipshit. How about Mr. Dipshit? <laughs> no, he's my favorite boss, actually. Uh, no, I might get him on the show one day, too. I'm trying to. I'm gonna, I have a lunch date book with him in a couple of weeks. I'm going to see if I can get him on the show. <laughs> I don't care if he does. It's true. So um, he, I go like. You call me stupid in front of the whole staff, and I'm a senior. I'm a senior lender in this office, and they have to respect me too. And you, you called me. You made me look stupid in front of all of them. So, like, do you ever think of it from my point of view? And he goes, uh, "Oh, geez, Pete, I'm really sorry." You know. And then he goes, "I didn't mean to do that to you. I can understand how you could be offended." He just apologized, and then I, he leaves my office. So I go to the. Did you apologize back? Never. No, I didn't apologize. And then, uh, so then, uh, right away, everyone's thinking I'm like in big trouble, eh? And I won't go back. And my coworker, who's more my my age and my experience level. He uh, says to me, he goes, what, what happened? What happened? I go, he apologized to me. He's like, no way. He goes, that's not true. I'm like, swear to God, he fucking apologized to me. So I actually was able to tell my boss to go fuck himself and have him apologize to me for it. <laughs> it's one of my great accomplishments in work. Yeah. It's a wonderful yeah. accomplishment. Yeah, it's what, something I'm most proud of. <laughs> Why don't you get a trophy for that at work, right? You should. I'd have to get it from the coworkers, I think. Anyways, I'm really excited to get to, this is actually kind of ties in a little bit. Live from the Dutch Hall has his first external sponsor that actually came to the Live from the Dutch Hall to be a sponsor, to try to, try to help out the show. And uh, we're really excited today to announce uh, VG Meats as a, 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 our, my key sponsor, our, one of the a main sponsor with Live from the Dutch Hall. So thank you very much, VG Meats, okay. coming on board. I'm going to put the applause all the way through right to the very end. Fantastic steaks. Yeah, and it's, it's really nice. What? Oh, geez, Garrett. What about that? If you listen to it, is it louder? Is that better? Is that good? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry. I had to crank it because you lost a bit. All right, guys. So um, thank you for, for uh, that, Jane. So we're going to be, uh, what was I saying? VG Meats. VG <laughs> Meats is on board. Thank you. And uh, they're a great sponsor. And the reason I think they're a great sponsor is because I actually uh, know the operation very well. And I actually know the product very well. And it's always great when you get to have a sponsor that joins your show that you actually believe in their product and you don't mind promoting it. So in this case, I know the family, the Van Gronigans, that own a great, uh, a great business. They take their product right from uh, farm to fork. So they, they, they're a cow-calf operation right up to a butcher shop and a retail operation. They have operations just outside of Simcoe and one in Stony Creek, Ontario. And if you go to livefromthedutchhall.com and you'll see a VG Meats uh, coupon there, and you'll notice this coupon will change over the weeks as they, they bring out new, dealer, new deals that are exclusive to the Live from the Dutch Hall listeners. Uh, this week is 5% off on uh, any purchases from VG Meats at either of the locations. And uh, if you uh, go to my link, I'm working on a print link for it, but right now if you just right-click on it and then, uh, and then open the image and print it, you can take that in any of the VG Meats location, and they will give you a discount, and some of the proceeds of the sale will come back to Live from the Dutch Hall. So that's the deal. Go on my website and check it out. What do you say, Jane? Well, it's delicious. Hey, we had it for supper tonight. We went. Yeah. At, I, I, I was the first one to use the, the Live from the Dutch Hall coupon. I brought it in to VG Meats today, bought some steaks. We had Porterhouse. We had uh, um, some New York Strip, and we had... Uh, 
sirloin for Jane. My she, favorite. Because she likes it, yeah. <laughs> and I, it's great steaks. Like, those, they're excellent steaks. They really do pride themselves. I've, I've seen the entire operation front to back, and uh, when you, uh, you, they really, really care about how long they dry age that meat for, and it's not like that grocery store stuff where they just pump, they want to get it on water weight. So they're trying to sell that stuff on water weight so they don't hang it. So you're selling water, but if the, you go to a real good butcher shop like VG Meats, they're going to hang that meat and it's going to uh, dehydrate, and then you're going to get more of that rich beef flavor. And it's you, you know maybe they're not making as much money as they could pumping the water through it in a grocery store, but you're going to get a way better product, and that's why I like having VG Meats on board. So thanks a lot again for the VG Meats. That's a great ad. They told me I didn't even have to mention it. Eh? They said, don't even mention a product. Just put the thing on your website, and we just want to help out. Well, it's all honest, right? Yeah. yeah the, you don't, the, the taste says wine. it all. I mean, it was great, great meat. Do they have pork, too? Yeah, they have pork. They have pork chicken. They have everything they need. They're full, full on butcher shop. They have everything it they want. It was yummy. Oh. But the, the, the beef is what their specialty is because it's their, their family operation raises the They raise the beef. And the then beef. They, they buy in the other stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. But the, I think the, the genetics on beef and... Uh, we're, I hope to have some of those guys in one time so we can talk about the food system because the challenge of a, of a small butcher shop compared to, like, some of these big, like, uh, Maple Leaf Foods or big, big, big operations, are, um, they have to go through the same scrutiny as, as these big operations do for food safety and, and such. But they're, of course, such a, like a smaller operation that doesn't have the, the budget to put into some of these, like, programs that seem to be just invented for the sake of keeping the government employees like working you know yeah. and uh i think that they take food safety to the point of like too far you know where they like you can on a small scale you can you can keep up on it without having to go through the an exorbitant expense you know i'd love to be able to talk about stuff like that but i might be boring enough funny i have to figure out a way to put some dick jokes in there Right. <laughs> anyway, but I'm um, no, super excited to have them in, so we can probably uh, we might be able to get up to. I'm thinking we could probably get a 20 bucks eventually. Really start rolling in the dough. I'm trying to support you there in California with my Amazon.com. Yeah, I know, I know. We're We've buying lots of useless shit that we don't even need. <laughs> like, Mark wonders every day there's a new package at the wow. door. But. Yeah, you've been really spreading the word in California, which is good. We were talking earlier about the podcast market in California and how they're kind of like ahead of the game a little bit. I think they're just more integrated. Like they're more geared that way. And I don't know if it's because that's where the the Silicon entertainers Valley. are. Or, yeah, or that's where the technology was invented or whatever. That's but they're Apple's based too down there. What do I have to introduce? You, Jane? I introduce everybody. You've been gone for the show. Yes. I know how to run my show. I'm going to have to tell. Uh, my wife is sitting there giving me cue She's cards. A good She's a good co-host. She's keeping you check. Charters, I want to tell you. Tell me. I had, uh, I had. Um, uh, I don't know if you heard through that mess when I got the ice dumped on me. I was too busy laughing. <laughs> but I challenged, I challenged the uh, Pope. Uh, Francis and Iron Sheik, and as well, and then uh, who's not in great shape? Maybe I shouldn't have done that to poor Iron Sheik. I think the Pope Francis is yeah, in good his shape. Heart might not be able to take it. Yeah, I think you better tweet the Pope. I'll tell him I did it. Yeah, I mean, Pope are talking all the time now. Iron We're trying Sheik to get this yard has... sale going, so I don't know if it's going to ever turn out. <laughs> it could be busy. But yeah. what are you doing a yard sale for? Uh, we're going to sell some of the Vatican's uh, valuables. We think it would be, they have a lot of get stuff they could probably get rid of. Like, you know, they haven't really had a yard sale in my, my lifetime, so they probably have some stuff they could really dish off and sell and Do give some of that money to the, to the needy. Things wow. like that? Yeah, like gold pillars and <laughs> Just such. Just thinking, though, if he, did, if he did the bucket challenge, he's wearing white, right? Uh -oh. oh, we'd see the Pope's oh, nipples? Oh, yeah, more than that. More than that. You'd see uh, the subcockle region of the Pope, which is probably pretty holy. <laughs> pretty holy, I'm guessing. What? <laughs> so, like, like uh, the Pope, I always think about this, eh? The the with regard to circumcision, as we, we we're, eventually circumcision was going to come up. I think we all knew that today, mm -hmm. so we might as well start open with it. You know, but why uh, did someone have a good circumcision story? <laughs> well, no, I'm just wondering about the Pope. You know, because a cat as being we a cat, know someone who doesn't. <laughs> You know, as, as, as far as be, I didn't even think about that story, but as far as uh, being a Catholic goes, the po the Jesus, Jesus is our guy, right? Jesus is the Christian's guy, right? He's the main dude. You now, bet. Jesus himself was circumcised, no? Because he's Jewish. That's right. Right? So at some point in time, like, Jesus became the the main guy. Like, he, he was, there was, the Jewish faith was the Old Testament, you know, kind of went to that point. Then Jesus uh, got circumcised, right? And then he became like the father of the of Christianity, like the main guy for Christianity. And then 
people stopped getting circumcised, right? They were like, oh, that's, that, that was just to do with the, like, Jesus must have been against it then. Or, or the Italians took it over and they said, fuck that. That's what I think it was, eh? The oh, Italian. I think I actually think it was a Portuguese Pete, let's be honest. <laughs> Did they have anything to do with anything? Well, not a, not a lot to do with a lot, but they <laughs> definitely had something to do with the uh, circumcision or lack thereof, right? Circumcision. Well, I don't think the Italians are much different. I think as a because right now, I think this is the way I look at it. The, the first the first Catholics were probably the Italians, right? Because they actually killed Jesus, right? I'm Roman Catholic, so I believe that the Romans, like I'm of the Catholics that killed yeah, Jesus. The Roman Empire, right? They yeah. felt they felt bad immediately and thought we should help this. Yeah, because all that because we yeah because all that shit went down when they killed Jesus. Then the, like it was like an eclipse or whatever. Like it was like nighttime in the middle of the day, and and they're like, holy crap, we actually killed the the real guy, yeah. right? And then they all became the Christians, and then they they're the ones that made the Vatican, the Pope, and the whole thing because they felt bad. Like Pontius Pilate, they said was one of the f- the first Christians, eh? The guy that actually was responsible for that. He died a Christian with his wife. I read that a little too little too late though, huh? Yeah, yeah. After you already did the bad thing, I don't. I think the, well, they forgive, right? They forgive. That's true. That's yeah. True. <laughs> so, Pontius Pilate's okay. He washed his hands and stuff. But that. But we're also reading their story too. So anyway, my sister said I talk too much about religion, so I'm supposed to stop. But I think it's fun. But they Which also sister? want to get rid of your feedback. Feedback. Yeah, my sisters are. Po- they're po- they, they tell me a lot of bad things, and they make me feedback dump ice good. water on my head. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh it was f- refreshing i actually feel great i feel energized over that like, i don't think you, that's a challenge thank you lisa where well, i wouldn't feel the same way with the pee on the electric fence challenge for rickets <laughs> that would be a more difficult uh a recovery i think have you ever peed on an electric fence dave i never have i've been shocked by electric fence one time i think actually all of the mark i think you were there i, I believe and i think was, Pete was yeah. there too at the animal olympics in port burwell what a great event that was do you guys remember that i think it was barbed wire fence yeah. it was the, my only uh brush with an electric fence this is a worthy story this was a great uh, great weekend where we went and we were how old would we be early 20s we would be early 20s university age i think yeah maybe yeah, even yeah. Yeah. yeah we're coming back from uh from post-secondary school i think university and we went to this thing called the animal olympics i think it was brought up by our friend mark who's here today it was in a little town called Port Burwell, Ontario, some campground, right? Yeah. Great idea, like Mark. That was claim, a great I, no, idea. No, I can't claim fame to that. I think I jumped on the bandwagon, but it was a good bandwagon to jump on. Well, you're the one that got me into it. So I, we ended up showing up for this thing. We were with our camping gear. We had pitched a tent and uh, went out to this uh, uh, campground to see what there was to see. There's supposed to be a whole bunch of drinking games, we were told. We got pulled over on the way there. Apparently. Remember that? They took all our booze, didn't they? Yeah, we were they funneling did. beers on they the drive-in, and then we got it so excited before we even got there, they I took all our booze. pickup truck, and I think we had like That's a, right, yeah. They called it a 60-pounder. They still call it a 60-pounder <laughs> nowadays <laughs> in the back, and you guys were swigging that, and all of a sudden, yeah, we were uh, busted. Yeah, we ended up... Uh, yeah, having to give up all our booze. That's happened. That's a running theme with us. We have a couple trips where we've lost all our booze and had to restock again. Yeah, right at the start. Huh? Yeah, That's right at the start. It like, just hurts oh, so bad. Man. So then we started up. We had a good time. The first drinking event was, I remember, a tricycle race <laughs> where we had, to, um, we had to elect two members of our team. And now you have to understand our team was a bunch of university uh, kids, uh, very uh, middle class, uh, maybe Farm kids and, you know, middle-class white kids, you know. That's probably our group, right? That would be a... Um, the rest of the people there were mostly bikers. <laughs> and uh, I think uh, work... I think the adult... A uh, couple of exceptions. Sex trade? I mean, our, our, one, our one friend from Portugal, he's not really white, technically, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a person of color. Thank you. Yeah. So, and, uh, and we are diverse. But the, but what I'm saying is we weren't bikers. We were more more like conservative, like middle class, you know. Yeah. No people. strippers in our group. Either. No, no. We were very uh, uh, shocked by the whole thing, actually. We weren't even, we weren't, uh, we haven't seen strippers outside of their professional habitat before. Like, we hadn't seen how they how they live. What kind of organization set up the... They were probably a bunch of bikers that set this thing up, yeah. So we go there, and the the uh, tricycle event was the first event to start it, and we elected two of our representatives, a young lady and uh, yourself. Wasn't it, Mark? Mark? Didn't you compete in that event? I did. I did, as a matter of fact. And yeah. uh, as the tricycle event goes, as I remember, you had to go around in a track with the other competitors, and as you did a lap, you took a, you had to do a, a shotgun of beer, but the first one was actually two raw eggs, was it not? That, that was a surprise that they didn't tell us at the start, but you're right. Yeah, the hidden surprise. It was yeah. the two raw eggs to begin, and then you had a shotgun, uh, you had to drink a like a red solo cup of beer, 
every lap. That's right. And yeah. so people were doing this, and uh, some people were being slowed by the drinking stations, and others were just guzzling it and then using their vomit as a weapon to slow their competitors <laughs> in. <laughs> that was a, this was our opening yeah, event. That is true. That is true. I mean, you know, you you walk into the event thinking, I was worried about the, the little tricycle. My knees are going to bang on the, you know, steering the, the handlebars. <laughs> Least stuff, of your worries. But, and then I thought, oh, the egg, you know, I, I can't do an egg. But the next thing I know, you're dodging projectile vomit as you're going around in a circle it was a it was mayhem yeah this is a real challenge we realized this is going to be something we should train for (laughs) right we were unprepared at this point in time so we went to there was various events i remember we had the greased uh, there was a greased pole event you had to go to the top of the pole which we won. We did well on we that. We won that Remember one, we had yeah. the cheerleaders? We had like half a dozen cheerleaders. They could build that pyramid. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we did good on that one. And then we did the, I was in the obstacle course. Uh, I remember that was a great event. <laughs> we uh, were in the, was that the one with the electric fence too? It was, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And you, I think you, you kicked that leg off. So there was multiple legs to that event. It started with this like sprint where you had to do shots, right? During yeah. the sprint. and. Pete amazed me because he was able to do the shot and and uh, vomit while sprinting without yeah. breaking a stride. He at was the still, at the crowd, oh, yeah, I was, was like, "This is a hundred meter doing <laughs> ten seconds flat whilst vomiting." You know, beat that. <laughs> In my youth, I was a very talented vomiter. In fact, I could uh, I could vomit on cue, and I could if I if I saw a friend was really getting upset with themselves, they drank too much, they were maybe embarrassed that they were getting sick. I'd be like, "If you'd like me to join you in getting sick, I can do it to make you feel more at." home i've done it a number of times you helped me out on that weekend i remember i had to go in the trees because i had an upset tummy (laughs) you said i'll go with you dave (laughs) yeah you just let me know let me know when you're ready yep and then we puke together that's what i do to make them feel no don't be embarrassed about it's a natural it's a natural function of us we also all do that you should be more embarrassed because dave was wearing purple pants that weekend remember those (laughs) you wear purple pants mostly the whole weekend jeez man i remember there's there's one event that our that we wouldn't go into we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't participate in it. It was called the lingerie challenge. The, was it was it the, called the pussy parade? Oh, the pussy parade. That's what they did call it. Yeah, the oh, pussy sorry. parade. And the and so what they did was you had to come dressed in lingerie. Sonia, have you heard this story before? No, I'm excited to hear it. Um, so you had to come dressed in lingerie, and the and one guy actually just wore a hot dog bun on his penis. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and he had a bottle of ketchup, and he was just putting ketchup on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And so what the, it was like musical chairs was kind of the object of the game. You had to like take the person that your partner. There was a guy and a girl on each team, and they were both wearing scantily clothes or whatever, you know. And then at, when the music stopped, you had to tie them to a hitching post, right? You had to t- you had to tie their wrists into a hitching post, and then when your last person tie your girl up, then you were the one kicked out, right? And so I remember um, the game was over. It was a spirited match. Uh, some horrible looking. Uh, people won you know like they're all horrible there's nothing attractive about any of it it was just like watching a freak show of uh tiger tattoos and (laughs) you know very i didn't see i never seen anything like any of it yeah and so these uh dave goes up to this one girl and guy who have been participating and the guy's a bruiser he's a big old biker like he's a big barely like uh you know intimidating looking guy and charters goes right up to him and he says says to the girl he's like hey you were my favorite in that uh com- contest you want to know why and and she goes yeah i want to know why and dave's like ah, i can't tell you i can't tell you and dave is well into his like <laughs> third day of boozing or whatever you know he's in the sauce yeah and so uh she's like no no tell me tell me and and her boyfriend too is pitching in like just tell her just tell her and he goes i don't want to offend anybody i don't want to offend anybody you know and, uh, and the boyfriend's like no tell her and he goes i liked you the best because your muff was hanging out <laughs> And then the guy, like, I'm sitting there going, I'm always with Dave. I always have to eventually go, like, are we going to have to, like, fight over this? Like, I never know. We usually get out of it. You know, we usually get out of it, eh? But there's been some close calls. Because you guys are so cute. <laughs> we have to eventually talk our way out of it. That was, I was just being honest. It was true. It was true. And the guy, rea- the guy, honestly, he couldn't be mad. He couldn't be mad. He was laughing, and he, he realized that his girlfriend's uh, muff was indeed hanging out. And so there was nothing he could be angry about because he didn't put her vagina out of those little things. <laughs> this was before they would uh, shave to the wood uh, on regularity. This girl, I believe, had some winter warmth. <laughs> <laughs> but the obstacle course, I remember uh, the you had to go, uh, you had to climb a wall, 
And then you had to put two people on this like uh, horse cart type thing, and you had to push them through like a bog of like water. And yeah. Then, and then you pushed them through the water, so you're soaking wet after pushing them through. And then you had to crawl under an electric chicken wire fence. That was the key that got yeah. you wet before you had yeah. to go under this electrified fence. So you didn't even have to touch the fence. You just had to be close enough to it with your wet body to have the electricity arc into your body. Or be touching someone else. Or be else. touching someone else who was arc because everyone's going through it at the same time. It was a complete shit show. <laughs> and uh, I remember one fellow that from St. Mary's, Ontario. I remember this group from St. Mary's, Ontario. He decided he had a new strategy, which was to roll into it. And he decided, I'm just going to roll all the way through, which was, uh, you know, it was a theory. He was thinking outside of the box, but uh, it turned out horribly for him. Uh, he got caught up in the electric fence, and until it grounded out, he was getting a hell of a shock. He was—he <laughs> looked like bacon, eh? Uh, that was terrible. Yeah, we won that. I, you do a shot of whiskey and and um, and a, and, a, and shotgun a beer at the same time, and then you went to and then you went to another station. You had to do it again. So when, there was girls and stuff, and everyone had different drinking capabilities. So I remember saying, "I'll do like That's all right. the whiskeys, and then and I'll do as many beers as I could." So, like, the vomiting was a real natural occurrence of doing things that were impossible to do. Like, I just did, like, six shots and four beers in, in, you know, ten seconds. And then, of course, my stomach says no. So I decided, as I'm running to the next station, everyone's watching me. I could puke at my feet. I could puke away from the crowd. Or I could really make it be a showman. <laughs> so I decided to be, to be more of a showman and kind of blast it at the crowd as I'm running past. <laughs> and I remember hearing the applause and I really did think I was... <laughs> it, was it was fun, eh? That was one of the most fun things. Anyway, it was horrible. What I loved it at the end was there was one team who won the whole contest. And I might actually mention that. No, well, this is one of those things where I told you not to mention the guy's name. But there was a fella that was on our trip, a swarthy little fella. He's one of my favorite guys in the world. But he decided at the, the the team that won won a keg of beer. So at the end of it all, the the you would go to their campsite and you'd share in this keg of beer. They were nice enough to say to us, "We won this keg of beer, but we want everyone to celebrate the great weekend we had. Come to our campsite and we'll all have a keg of beer together, right?" So we go to the, go to the campsite. We're all having kegs of beer. That's where you puked in the forest, and I went and joined you. Well, I see this little friend of mine, this little cheap-ass friend of mine, who's creative as hell to think of this. He had one of those water containers, probably a 10-gallon water container, like, uh, you know, um, those big blue ones. with Coleman. The, Coleman. Says, yeah. With a spout on the bottom, like you push the button in the middle. and Yeah, yeah. There's a spout on it, but there's also, like, one of those screw tops, a white screw top, that where you can okay. have it open up like a barrel. and you just... So this fellow went to br- empty the water out of it. Emptied all the water out of it, brought it to the thing, and he's sitting by the keg just filling this 10-gallon thing up with the keg. (laughs) Half the the keg gone in one pour, right? (laughs) And he's dragging this thing back to his campsite so he can drink by himself. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) He saved some money, though. He saved some money. He goes, I don't know these people. As long as they don't kick his butt. Well, I was like, that was balls. I couldn't believe the balls he had and how no one stopped him. Because I walked up to just get my glass filled again, and there he is. He's at the thing and wait till I'm done, Pete. <laughs> <Few more drops. laughs> just four more gallons. <laughs> Animal Olympics. Well, we've had a lot of good times together. This is a group that very uh, rarely um, gets together because of the distance that, that separates us. But we were lucky enough, as we all uh, turned of a certain age, or a lot of us did. We had birthday parties last year. We went to Las Vegas. Yeah, that and we was celebrated the best. our. Uh, we all got remarried together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're coming. Up, we're coming up on our first remarriage anniversary in this October, what right? What date is that, by the way? October fourth. It was Jane's Jane's birthday, and uh, That's and, and so Wait, Jane's birthday is October fifth. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, October 4th is my niece. <laughs> and we went. Was it October 5th? It, yes, it was October 5th oh, on man. her birthday. Oh, we yeah. partied through to the 5th. Oh, I yeah, ate shit true. on that one. Holy Excuse mackerel. me. Your wife's birthday. <laughs> it's October 5th. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did I get that wrong? I don't know. All these years. I've written on documents and everything. And you, I still got it wrong. Yeah, you wrote October 5th, right? Yeah, it's I, just I, a glitch. It's the, it's it's the, it's the cold water. Yeah, it's a misspoken thing. It Maybe was the uh, ice bucket challenge yeah. froze your brain. Yeah, I can't wait till the Pope does it. It's going to be so great. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Las Vegas. We went down to Las Vegas. It was a fantastic uh, 
opportunity to get together with friends. We had uh, this group we had here. We had my friend Adrian and his wife, Julia, the great friends of ours. And we had um, a, a co-worker of, or, of my wife and uh, her husband, which were quite a bit younger than us. They're probably uh, about 10 years younger than us or so, right? And uh, we went to Las Vegas, and I wanted to get re- remarried to my wife for her birthday. It was a big milestone birthday, and I wanted to uh, get married to her. So we ended up making it so that we all did it. So we went to the Elvis Chapel, the little white chapel. In, in a limo. In, yeah, and they send you a limo, like yeah, a big uh, Hummer that limo. Oh, yeah, that was great. I think it was like 75 bucks a couple, supposed to be, supposed to be, remember? And then we got extorted by the minister, right? So we end up going down. We are having a good day. We're having a good day at the pool. We're having a good day the whole day. We're enjoying ourselves. There's many libations. There's many, uh, uh, it's everything Vegas usually we brings you. A wonderful dinner. Mm-hmm. A wonderful dinner. Was, we, that, right. was that Wolfgang Puck that night? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, that yeah, the Venetian. Right? The Venetian, yeah. yeah. And then we went out to. So, anyways, we go on. We go on downtown, and there's a, the place is packed. The, the 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 you know the chapel's packed, eh? And you guys and we're uh, waiting forever too, you know, and all these yeah. people like truly oh, getting nerves. married, pregnant people. Yeah, like, it was yeah. actually, <laughs> you know what? Sense. It's the strangest group of people. It was actually extremely depressing for me. <laughs> um, it made me really upset because a lot of those people, we were like there for a kind for of a fun. lark. Yeah. And a lot of those people were dressed like this was their serious wedding and one of the things that really um, struck me was the one bride, she was wearing her wedding dress. She had her bridesmaids in their dresses. And you. I just felt so bad because you could tell that they were that this was the best that they were ever going to do. Yeah. And her mom I remember that. was wearing her it's best jeans and sneakers yeah, and T-shirt that. and walked her daughter down the aisle. And yeah. it was just kind of like it made me feel kind of bad because for me like it was a big joke that struck me too but for that woman it was her like truly special day and i hope that she is going to have a long and happy marriage yeah for you guys it was a joke for me it was dead serious oh whatever well no so i mean so i i I totally agree with Teresa. but you know what i find funny right so we showed up as this was kind of a you know reliving of a momentous event in all of our lives and, you know, we went in, think, I mean, at least I did, thinking, oh, there's a bit of a joke here. We're just going to have a real good time. But it's funny when the lights are on and you're up at that altar. We oh, yeah. Crying. Like, we were dead serious. <laughs> I cried like a baby. Oh, my God. You know, I, mean, I wasn't. I was totally joking the whole time. Dave and I were cracking up. Because <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't love each other. <laughs> I think it's just, I think we just take each other for granted. I'm surprised Teresa even remembers much about that chapel at all, actually. I we were having, you, having a real good time that night. The guy's experience and the girl's experience was did, totally different. Yes. The guys were outside because we didn't want to see we our brides before the wedding. We, we bought rings. Remember, Pete? We yeah. Bought yeah, we bought rings. Seriously. I don't even know where my ring is anymore. I returned mine and got a bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's better the ring than the husband, right? Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say. It went from 25 bucks to 30 bucks, but. <laughs> so it went from six spender. <laughs> That's like going from six to eight. <laughs> For husbands. So, anyways, yeah, I remember there was this one this was one couple that always stands out in my mind that they were there getting married. And it was um, this guy. He looked like a, like a Mexican mercenary. He looked like um, like uh, really like. Like Danny Trejo, you know Danny Trejo, the the that scary Mexican guy. Yeah, that scary Mexican guy. Does he have a theme song or something? What? You know that goes with. So, anyways, there's this guy. He's like a Mexican mercenary. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. You knew how to get that one in. <laughs> so he looked really, really severe, like a like a guy that could kill you in a heartbeat. Like no, he never smiled before in his life. His his face is like weather worn and like you know leathery and stuff and this girl was like young and goth kind of like uh, quirky like a uh, very like a uh, like these were a mismatch that it, i remember them do you and remember she them? had a wicked eastern european accent oh did she yeah maybe she's a mail order or something i don't know maybe but Probably. i thought these two people found love they seemed because it didn't seem like a joke it didn't even seem like it was a thing that they were doing to get um you know like citizenship or anything like that because these guys were act, like they were they were serious about it. Like they were, he was dressed in a nice suit. She was dressed in a nice dress. They were, 
really, like, he seemed very happy. They both seemed very affectionate to one another. But I could not in a million years, if you saw these two together, you'd never picture them as a couple. Like, it was, yeah. uh, it really stood out. It was great. There was also a girl there that worked for Steve Harvey. You know the Steve Harvey, the comedian? Yeah. The, um, the Family Feud guy with yeah. all the buttons? Anyways, she was, uh, she, she, she interviewed us. And at, at the beginning, she was saying she was doing a show for Steve Harvey or something where they're going to do in the weddings. And then she talked to us about her story. And then I noticed at the end of our wedding, she was at the back of the church. She watched her whole service. Mm-hmm. So she would have seen the whole thing. Because what happened was we get in this little chapel. It's finally our time after us fucking around outside and running to find liquor stores and, you know. And fun e-c- people watching. Yeah, it was, we were having a great time. It was great. Playing e-cigarettes. The girls were inside just sucking on lollipops and just watching what was ever going on, you know. You know, just like, they like sweets or whatever. So, uh, they, uh, so we ended up, uh, we finally got together. We get in this chapel and they tell the girls to go to the back. They have nice little flowers to go down the aisle with or whatever. And uh, we have to go to the front to talk to the minister. And the minister asked us, it was uh, the four of us guys, like me, Mark, uh, Dave, and then this young guy who's like uh, 10 years younger than us who was like kind of, his arm was twisted to go there. Like, we're doing what? We're going to get <laughs> married? They've been married a year. <laughs> yeah, they've been married a year. They're like, we're getting remarried again. I mean, didn't we just get married? He's going. And she's like, we're doing this. We're doing this, right? So they were there too. They were good sports about it, though. We really enjoyed having them. So anyways, uh, we get in the church. We go to the front. And these guys, the, these younger guys especially, were on probably a bit more of a budget than we were. And the, we get to the front of the church, and the, the minister says... And I knew we had to tip the lady, but I, I didn't know she was going to do it in this fashion. She says, before we can get started, we're going to hand out the envelopes for you to tip in. You have to give us between 40 and $60 per couple. Um, and uh, we can't start until you give us the money. So here's the envelopes. Put your money in. and then Why don't they just charge us that at the beginning? I know. It was just... They probably have to claim it then. Oh, right for tax. Oh, I personally think it's a test. There. It's it's a test for us men to but say, "Here's a chance to run it? away." Oh, right? We don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it worth forty bucks? Well, I booked this thing too, so I'm sitting there going, like everyone. As soon as she says it, they all, everyone looks at me. The three of you guys are looking at me like you want to kill me. And I'm like, hey, I didn't know either. I'm just as pissed as you are. So we all put her forty bucks in. We're not giving sixty. We're giving the fucking minimum, right? And then we give her back her envelopes. She she opens the envelopes, looks at it, and she goes, okay, and we can start the music. So Elvis comes in. Yeah, he was. And good. he sucked. What are you talking yeah. about? Elvis is great. Yeah. He he. You said you said what? Can you play the songs? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, as long as it's the two songs. I yeah, know. he only played three. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah, I thought it was three songs. When I booked them, it was three songs. So I said, hey, can I, Elvis, you take any requests? He goes, what's that, buddy? And I go, you take any requests? And this guy came up in a pink Cadillac. He had the gold May suit on and everything. When he came in. Yeah, yeah. He comes in. He just looks wasted, eh? He comes out. He goes, what's that, what's that buddy? And I said, uh, do you take any requests? I'm the guy that booked you. Do you, you take any requests? He goes, buddy, I'll play any two songs you know. As lo- no, I'll play any songs you know or you want as long as they're the two songs I know. Right? <laughs> and so right away we knew what songs they were going to be. Right? And he said, can't help falling in love with you to start the opening progression. That was beautiful. Right? And then he ended it with Viva Las Vegas, which was a real, a real party fun. song. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> pictures it was too. good. And he let us all sing with it. It was like a sing-along. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, uh, we had our wedding pictures taken outside. That was a real surprise. I didn't know we'd have that done. Yeah. And uh, you guys got it done with a pink Cadillac. I know. And, we yeah, lucked out. Awesome. We think we got your package by yeah. mistake. <laughs> he said to us, uh, uh, one time he goes, Elvis, um, you going to come up and take a picture with these guys? And Elvis goes, yeah, I'll come up and take a picture with you because no one at home is going to believe this shit. <laughs> 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 it was great. And he did one picture and he was like, did like the the karate Elvis pose with his first picture. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, uh, oh, sorry, Elvis, we didn't get that one. You're going to have to do one more. And he's like, oh, like he's got to take a second picture. <laughs> he was like, oh, fuck this. You know, and he does the hi-ya, the double thumbs up, right? And that was all he did for the second one. Elvis was great. And he, he was fantastic, but he did look a bit more like um, young. He was young Elvis that, like, maybe, like, had a stroke. He looked like Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage in uh, in uh, that Elvis movie with the uh, uh, what's her name, the horse face girl from oh, uh, um, Snake Eye. No, no, the, it's uh, Honeymoon. Or no, sorry, oh. it's the one. It's got it's got uh, James Caan and uh, who's the girl from Sex and the City? With the, it was married well, to Sarah Matthew Jessica Bry- Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker. Something She's in it. Leaving Las Vegas. 
Are they all all the Elvises jump out of the airplanes and stuff like oh, that? Oh yeah. Leaving yeah. Las no, leave us Las Vegas is no, where no. he was an alcoholic yeah, and uh, no. he had anal sex with That's uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Shue. Shue. No, right? no, they didn't have. She was raped. Wasn't it by him? No, it was by that that gr- that that room full of kids. Remember? I didn't watch the movie. Oh my goodness. Well, I have a question <laughs> for you guys. How long have you guys been married now? Uh, we're coming up on 16 years, aren't we, Jane? Because you guys came out to visit us for one of the anniversaries. I think it was 12 or 13 or something. Wait, you yeah. guys are already at 16 years. Yeah. You hit 16 years this past yeah, January. 98. Oh, yeah. We are 16. We're coming up on 17. And her wow. birthday is October 5th. <laughs> When's our anniversary, though? That's a, no one cares. It's not everyone, none of your business. But that was a great trip. I really enjoyed having you guys out there. And Yeah, it's great. Do you remember we, the, when we, we picked you guys up? And yeah, yeah. You were wearing, you two, you were wearing like Canadian uh, winter hats because you wanted to make us feel at home when we were coming off the plane. And I'll tell you, some of the cold, that's an old expression, isn't it? The, the coldest uh, day I ever had was the summer summer in San, San Francisco, Francisco or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Mark Twain, I think. Was that what he said? I think It's so. true, too. Yeah. Do you remember we took you to the beach to have a nice sunset thing? And, you know, we were standing, me and Jane were standing up on the rocks. And you and Mark were walking through the water. And I, I turned to Jane and I say, they're totally going to get wet. And she says, you know women are proactive men are reactive <laughs> then the what this huge wave splashed you guys right up to your waist you lost your flip rip my shoes off yeah, my feet. yeah. One of those rogue waves that's yeah. what that thing was we didn't yeah. see it coming so, Rowan. Ah, you know we what's weird like if you think it about coming, it it took, our, no clue. it took our flip-flops off while we were standing how does that work we're <laughs> standing we spent half an hour looking our for the yeah. flip-flops we found our flip-flops though we did and yeah, then you had to go weird. for sushi dinner in wet jeans oh my it was just squishing in there. We were wet as the fish were being served that night. Huh? Yeah. That was in Santa Cruz, California, yeah, right? That yeah. was so fun. Yeah, it was beautiful. And we went to that nice winery, the Duckhorn. Oh, it was great. amazing um, wine Cal- tasting with cheese pairing. and. Yeah, the girl who worked at that that winery uh, was her the, first day. It was her first day. She was so good. She kind of so made it. Yeah, she made yeah. the event. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's amazing how that that she was just found her niche because she did a great job of it. it was, she was fantastic. That was great. So. And we talked to her for like two hours probably. Yeah, yeah. And she was very knowledgeable. She probably fired because I'm pretty sure she gave us a couple free glasses. Yeah. <laughs> she probably doesn't oh, yeah. work there anymore. But oh, man. we loved it. Well, she was good looking too, as I remember. Yeah, no for, point. So we, um, yeah, that was a good day. And we went, yeah, we went through Napa region, and that's that's the thing about uh, California. And you must know is it because you you grew up in this area, Mark, and yeah, uh, yeah. you're in California now. Do you notice there is a lot of similarities, like at least to this region, as far as the diversity of their agricultural crops and the kind of the the like the I guess the there's just a certain feel to it. I guess that it's not a, as big of an adjustment to go to California as it would be to say go to New York or something. To me. I don't yeah. know. Do you think from the, the are you talking people or are you talking like in the whole feel for it? The whole yeah, feel definitely. of the people and the I don't know the level of I don't know just the just the mindset of the people and stuff like that. Yeah. Like nothing against the people in New York. Every time I've gone there, they've been like they've been great hosts and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. But I I just feel that's a more of an adjustment for me than it was going to California. It just seemed kind of natural. Like it just seemed like that. Yeah, they're pretty laid back yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't Very seem like you. Yeah, they just seem open minded. Like a little bit more like minded to. Where we're used to in Canada. Yeah, I no, know. I mean, uh, Sonia is probably the expert on this because she's she's a little more neutral. She's a little more recently uh, been relocated to California, thanks to myself. Yeah, Mark Thank used you miles it. and freeways and Fahrenheit. He's totally like abandoned. Yeah, Canada. I'm a I'm a yank by most standards. <laughs> yeah, you just you've given up all your Canadian uh, ways. Pretty much. You can get me on the ice. I start to play like a American hockey player. It's just it's embarrassing. <laughs> you've man. lost your yeah, advantage. I've lost it all. It's oh sad. my. Goodness. It is sad. Yeah. That was the one thing that you could do. Like I was, I was uh, thinking, I the only reason I would think that, about moving to the states is because I would wouldn't suck so bad at men's league hockey. Yeah, no, because I could I, go down there and be better I at. Mean, it. It's funny. I'll say this to any Canadian that's a listener out there. You know, you want to go and feel good. You just step south of the border and sign up to a men's league. They are gonna like just totally worship you. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not gonna be that way for that. guys that are ten years younger than us, though, because uh, I know at least I know the. the there's a lot more uh, kids involved in hockey now, oh, yeah, yeah. No, especially no. in California, than there Americans, was. They're getting on it. Americans are getting on it like gangbusters, and it's a matter of time. But it doesn't matter. It's a heart and soul. We're going to keep fighting, and we'll, uh, we'll be there. But, <laughs> um, yeah, to get back to your original question, I mean, I do think that 
You know, on the West Coast, a little more laid back. I think we got a little bit more of appreciation for the things that are, uh, I mean, less material in life. I mean, I think we, we, we I mean, California's a good example. You live life outdoors, frankly, right? Because le the weather allows it out there in these yeah. East Coasters. Yeah, but I think it's more like Northern California. Because, like, if you want to talk about the important things in life, Los Angeles isn't known uh, for that. True, them. that's a good point. Good point. Orange yeah. County, <laughs> LA, yeah, Hollywood, that's kind of an exception. Yeah, but. it gets pretty superficial as you yeah, get down there. No, but, that's true. That's but true. like Northern California is more what I was getting at. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I would agree with you there. Yeah, 100%. Like San Francisco, Bay Area. And, There's and, so much to do outside hiking yeah. and Yosemite and Napa. And it's a land of fruit and like nuts, Pete. <laughs> land of fruits and nuts, yeah. right? We love it. <laughs> and we eat a lot. And Dave's of fruits been out that there is too. not so much nuts. Right? I thought the fruits were San Francisco. <laughs> Could be. Teresa and Jane let you boys venture down there for a concert a couple years ago, 2011. Yeah, we went to one of the best concerts of our life. It was the Neil Young's uh, Bridge School Benefit, which is down. What, where's that? Is that in Mountain View? That is uh, yeah. Mountain View. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Mountain, yeah. Shoreline Theater. Yeah. Maybe that's who's listening Every from year. Mountain View. Every is year. Neil Young? Could be. He, he is he definitely. <laughs> I could picture him being a fan. For sure. <laughs> That'd be great. So, but yeah, Mountain View, California. This was a, he, Neil Young's son has uh, special needs. He's like what cerebral palsy uh, or something. Sure. I think. So muscular dystrophy, maybe. Anyway, yeah, just make it up. Oh, one or the other. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. He's got an ailment, and so, but it, but he was uh, so he had they had a hard time finding him a, a school to go to. Like so, they ended up doing a benefit yeah. to start their own school, yeah. and they've done. And the first year they had Bruce Springsteen, like in '85 or something like that. It was like Bruce Springsteen, the height of his born US, USA thing. Yeah. And when we went, it was the 25th anniversary of the, of the Bridge School benefit, and our lineup was. I'm I, trying to pull it up, but I bet I can remember no, it. I, I think. can name a handful. Oh yeah, it was started out with Nora Jones. And uh, the Willies or something, what's something, what is it called? The Little Willies, I think is the name of her band. Nora Jones, who I think is just fantastic, and she's band. gorgeous. And when I was going in, she was playing. We, we ended up getting so bunged up getting in. Uh, but she was playing when we were just getting in. And then after her was uh, Beck, I think. Yeah, Beck was there, that's mm -hmm. for sure. And uh, yeah. Carlos Santana, Eddie yeah. Vedder. Eddie Vedder, yeah. um, uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons. They that was my first best. live. That was my yeah. first live uh, uh, Mumford and performance Sons? of Mumford. Arcade yeah, Fire. Right. Arcade yeah. Fire. Uh, Dave Matthews. Tony Bennett. Yeah, he oh, yeah, was the Tony random Bennett. one. Well, yeah, he's in San Francisco, right? That's he yeah. killed it too. He killed it that night, Tony Bennett. Yeah, yeah. He was. You he, remember that? And Foo Fighters came on after Tony yeah. Bennett, right? It was a pretty hard act to follow. Like he was a real pro. Like when you I, and I'm not a huge uh, Tony Bennett fan, but when you saw him perform and you're like, this guy's like. I remember the crowd in that amphitheater being oh. like like silent oh. almost, and he was playing. Like everyone was just soaking it up, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was so awesome. But uh, I mean, I don't I mean, personal experience maybe. But you remember when we first showed up and we were walking out there to find our seats? And it was kind of we were <laughs> yeah, a little late in the afternoon. Yeah, seats. Yeah, lawn it's all seats. field lawn seating. And I just remember, you know. Tiptoeing our way through past, you know, pools of vomit and that's people where we ended up right beside the vomit. We did, yeah. And it's <laughs> like some nice person to cleared out a little <laughs> two foot by two foot square. Yeah. That I mean, I so I realized how old I was that yeah. day. Yeah, this really, this so middle aged woman was nice enough to carve out a spot for us with her vomit where no one else <laughs> would sit. <laughs> Do you mind so if like, I put this blanket down on your puke? <laughs> we'll be sitting right here. <laughs> Part yeah. two was Neil Young did duets with a lot of the bands. Yeah, yeah, so it was so neat. To yeah, they had a lot that. of cross performances. That Eddie Vedder did a ukulele song with the girl from Arcade Fire, and then he and yeah. uh, Eddie Vedder did a song with Beck, and and then Neil Young did a song with everybody, and then uh, Dave Matthews and Marcus Mumford did that yeah. really cool. Oh, Dave Matthews, oh, that's right. So he was yeah, hard, yeah. Hard, hard work that was back. a good. Uh, they did along the Watchtower, all along the Watchtower. It was yeah. great, great. You know, it was the the whole show was just unbelievable to see all that in one day. Yeah. All acoustic too. Did we mention that? It was a complete No. It's always an acoustic show, completely acoustic. And it's in front of the, oh, the students point, from yeah. the bridge good school. Point, so yeah. it, behind them is the students of the bridge school and their uh, parents or, or handlers or whatever. And then uh, so they'd sing to the, the students and stuff like that. It was a great event. Yeah. And uh, they raised they were doing it like Neil Young and his wife were doing it like uh, they had like raffles and fifty fifties. You know, it was just yeah. like a real it felt like you were just uh, at any sort of fundraiser, but on like yeah. a really enormous yeah. scale, like it oh, was, yeah, it was yeah. just like someone yeah. doing like a legion uh, raffle to raise money for yeah. you know the new church or something, and then but it was done with 
all these great acts. With Bono. And, yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Great, ca- great cause, great venue. I'd encourage anybody that's uh, interested in great music to come out. Oh, it's well October. worth it. All right, it's October, I think. Yeah, it October, yeah. yeah. I was trying to look what the 2014 lineup is, but... I'd love to do it again. Yeah, you know I'd what we haven't done, back. guys? We have to do it, because we're already at an hour, is uh, feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Welcome to everybody to Feedback. We got feedback. This week's Feedback, We Got Feedback is brought to you by Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. If you go live from the Dutch Hall's website and you click on any of our Amazon banners, and it should work if you freaking do it first. Just go there first, click the banner, and then you go buy whatever you're going to buy, and it should work. But I don't know. They, they pay me sometimes. They don't pay me sometimes. I'll just say something about that, too. You don't have to be, like, buying uh, something... Uh, like an item or anything. If you like to read, maybe you have a Kindle device, which Teresa has. She's a big supporter of the show. She likes to click on the Amazon link and buy her Kindle books. Did you get the free Kindle app as well? Uh, I have a Kindle. Yeah, I have an app on my phone, yeah. Yeah, two people had gone out and got the free Kindle app I saw already, so thank you very much to those people for supporting the show. And it's another thing you can get on the Life from the Dutch Hall website, as well as whatever else you want to buy. There's a Kindle app, there's Amazon Prime, there's uh, links to uh, a lot of the specials and deals that they have, and a lot, there's a lot of back-to-school back to stuff. So go ahead and check it out at Amazon and see if we can help the show out. We are getting more support every week, and I thank you for that. Um... As always, we'd like to thank our new listeners, and this week's new listeners are from Gloucester, Denmark, Montreal, Quebec, Toronto, Ontario, Mississauga, Ontario, if there's any difference there, Madison, Mississippi. So thank you very much to all our new listeners. Hey, and so... A listener of the week. I have not named a listener of the week. We had thought of a bunch, but you know what? I'm going to go right on a limb here, and I'm going to just name a listener of the week. Uh, I know someone who has never been a listener of the week in our family. Who's that? Oh, let's name Mark Rowan. He's right here today. <laughs> it's a little bit of a cop because you have listened to every episode. And you have uh, listened to more. You actually listen to more than your wife because she hasn't listened to last week's episode. Yeah. Right. I'm a, I'm a closet listener, Pete. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do you support us though? I appreciate. No, it. literally, I I sit in my closet sometimes. <laughs> I listen to your show. <laughs> it's a That's the best place for it. It is. Yeah. 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 We're the number one podcast with shut-ins and um, and uh, insane people. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> There's just not that many of them. Um, <laughs> so uh, feedback. We got feedback. Last week's show was uh, Taco Thursday. Taco Thursday, which I had a great time doing, and and uh, the feedback has been. Uh, pretty much positive all across the board. Um, everyone's come in with a lot of positive things to say. There were some people who uh, mentioned they thought Laura, Laura Bond's voice was uh, some of the sexiest they've ever heard on the uh, radio. on the airwaves. Great radio voice. So that's a good thing. And um, also, uh, what else did they say that they really liked? Well, anyways, it was a, pretty much a well-received show. And uh, thank you very much for the feedback. But one person we always have to check in with and we're going to make this short because we're already past an hour, is our good friend, the Haitian Dwarf. So let's just uh, open it up. I have to get my thing up. <laughs> That's an Asian Dwarf theme song. It went on a little long that time. It's blue. Yeah, it's very blue. We're trying to get the... Uh, so Haitian Dwarf, you know everyone uh, knows who the Haitian Dwarf is by now. He's uh, the super fan of super fans of Life from the Dutch Hall. And he's uh, been with us from the very beginning, always provided feedback, unless, unless he's had a little bit of health problems or some timing issues. Sometimes he's been, but he's always been there for us, and he's always come back with some great feedback. So we're going to, uh, this week is no exception. He gave us, uh, for Taco Thursday, he gave us uh, five stars, five stars. Wow. Yeah, the Haitian dwarf. And his comments were this week, the Pope is not Mexican? <laughs> 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 uh, 
He goes, I can't believe you burst that bubble. Oh, well, thanks for sticking up for me with the haters, which the haters are plenty, the people that doubt the Haitian dwarf, and I never have. But I can't help thinking that it's only so you can sucker me into a dwarf, dwarf tossing event in your neighborhood. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. And uh, thank you very much, Haitian Dwarf, for that. I'm going to cut it short because we're running out of time here. But uh, Haitian Dwarf, i got to tell you, um, I'm not trying to trick you into anything. I'm not trying to dupe you into anything. I've been very open with my intentions from the very beginning of this show. I want to get you in. I want to get you into a hall of some sort in Delhi, Ontario. Maybe one of, I'm thinking the Hungarian. It's a great institution, great food. You know, a great president. My wife, I think, is a princess of the Hungarian hall. She's related to the president. And uh, so I, I, I'd like to have the Hungarian hall just drape with Velcro and have uh, just you walk in in a blaze of glory. And then uh, I was thinking one of my bigger friends is going to launch into the wall. It's going to be it's going to be the most fantastic thing we've ever seen. The crowd's going to erupt. It's going to be fantastic. And I don't think that's duping in anything. I think what that's doing is supporting your craft as a dwarf tosser. And I appreciate what you do. And I want to help to promote you and your skilled craft. That's what I'm saying, Haitian dwarf. I'm not duping you in anything. I'm actually kind of offended at that. So that's Haitian. That's a that's our Haitian dwarf feedback for this week. You know, that's feedback. We got feedback. Let's cut it short this week. I don't know what we got for time. We're at 105. So I did challenge Dave Charles at the beginning of the show. What's called the, um, when I did my bucket of water on my head and he poured it very slowly and tried to torture me and stretch it out as long as possible. <laughs> Laughed in my face. So I challenged Dave to the mice bucket challenge. And so we are prepared to then go forward with this. Are you ready to accept it? Most people have 24 hours. That's what I've seen on the internet, so I don't understand why I have like 24 minutes. And we have our mice bucket ready, though. <laughs> do it, I can't Dave. wait what? to see do this. Do it, Dave. Just stand well, by. I don't know. I don't... Just get it ready and do it. I'm not. Let me get away from the electronics. All right, get back okay. there. And Mark, you're going to help dump it on him? Oh, I'll be my pleasure. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not okay with it. All right, you ready? Just get the bucket ready, Mark. Get that bucket ready over uh, there. So I just pick it up. <laughs> no, okay, this thing's heavy. Beat quick. All right, all right. Wait, 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 wait. Get the video. Oh, wait, ready? Okay, ready? Charters? What's that noise? The Mice Bucket Challenge for LSD. The what? What? All right, dump it. <laughs> dump it. Oh, my God. What? All right. Get him off me. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> Okay, beat him. Make it stop. Oh. <laughs> Ow. Get rid of those mice. Get rid of them. They're too vicious. They're biting me. <laughs> that was the Mice Bucket Challenge for Dave Charters. I think that's a good way to end the show, everybody. So let's just uh, thank everyone for coming in. We are great friends from California. I can't thank Thanks you enough for, for coming in. Thank you, Dave and Teresa Charters, for always supporting the show. Thank you for my wife, Jane, for coming in today. Everybody, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, uh, I'm Dutch Hall on Twitter. You can like me on Facebook. Go on iTunes and give me a comment. Tell me what you think of the show. Or you can email me at livefromthedutchhall@gmail.com. Otherwise, keep listening. Go on and get your online coupon to save some money on great quality meat products at VG Meats. And use the Amazon banner. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Take care of each other. And we're at... Oh, wait. That wasn't the theme song. Oh, get him off me. <laughs> That's it, everybody. Have a good week. Woo! We did it! We did it! Ah.